Damian Lillard remains a blazer with Summer League nearing its completion. No deal with Miami appears to be on the horizon, and the door has been left open for Lillard to remain with Portland, which would be a fascinating turn of events. Welcome to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian and Oregon Live, and I'm joined by Craig Burnback, who in our little pre-show discussion is just not very impressed with all of these shenanigans going on with this situation. So before we dive into our topics here, uh, first of all, how you been? Good. Second of all, um, what do you what do you make of what we know so far? Without diving too much into our slated topics, you like to leap ahead a little bit, I but do. that's okay to a certain degree. But leave some meat on the bone. But what's your what's just your initial impressions now that I'm back from Vegas, which is what matters. So, the press <laughs> conference to introduce, you know, Thibel and Grant uh, had had very little to do with introduction of Thibel and, and Grant. Right? It was all about first time that Joe Cronin answered questions about Dame. And you know, look, I thought Cronin finally had a chance to own up and be honest about the fact that. Yeah, uh, I know why Dame's mad. I understand why Dame's mad. <laughs> I told him I would build around him, and everything that I did, I can totally understand why Damian Lillard does not see this as a team moving in a direction to win around him now because I did the opposite of what he asked. Um, so I thought at least that was a good thing to clear the air that because the last time when he came out after the draft, he tried to express that, no, no, the plan is still to build around Dame, even though no one could kind of see it and he couldn't even do the math on it. Um, mm -hmm. So I was kind of happy to see that. Um, but, and also him really just own the fact that yeah, I said that stuff about you know putting all my chips in and I feel like I did fail Dame. And again, my my issue with Joe Cronin about the moves that were made are not about the moves. It's about you say one thing and then you do another that the you're going to tick off the people that believed you when you said one thing. So, in this scenario, Damon Lillard said one thing and then did it. He said, <laughs> if you draft a bunch of 19-year-olds and you don't show me that you're making trades to bring in win-now players, I'm going to have a discussion with you about leaving. Joe Cronin said, we're going to put all our chips in. We're going to uh, make a big move. We might even make a move where people think that we got the, the wrong end of the stick but we feel a responsibility to build a, a winner around Dane. And then he didn't. So the, that's, that's not great. So at least here, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that when you do that, you're, yeah. you're going to tick off the people that believed you. So you ticked off Dame, you ticked off Dame's agent, and you ticked off a, a lot of people in the fan base that say, hey, 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 you, this is not what you said you were going to do despite it being the right thing. Sometimes that's why you shouldn't say stuff all the time if you're not going to do it. Like, as a parent, I know this now better than I used to. How many times <laughs> have I said something to my son and then 
He said, you told me we we're going to get pizza. Well, the pizza place was closed, <laughs> dude. It was closed. They went out. This just happened for his birthday. Like, we went and got pizza from the place we're supposed to. And they, they went to a wedding. So they were closed. So he said, you said we're getting pizza from this place. And I, my thing was, well, they were closed. He doesn't care, right? He's still upset. He wants you to break in. Right? He wants you to break in and make him a pie. Now, damn it. So I did the right thing. <laughs> And got pizza from the ro- from another place, right? But he won. He's still mad. I'm just saying, like that's 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 where we are. You when you say one thing and do another, even if it's the right thing, you're going to leave people who believe you upset. And, and well, and in okay. this case, it's Damian just, Lillard. Let me just add to this though, just to illustrate your point. These are all of the times Joe Cronin appeared publicly and said the goal was to build around Lillard. His introductory press conference when he took over as interim, trade deadline 2022, end of season 2022, draft night 2022, um, start of season 2022. I feel like he had a press conference in Vegas. Anyway, draft night, excuse me, start of season 2022, trade deadline 2023, end of season 2023, and even after taking Scoot, draft night, 2023. That's eight times. That's a lot. And the only legit move they've made was getting Grant, which I think is a better fit than CJ, but essentially it was CJ for Grant. Player for player, almost a wash, other than the fact that Grant gives you more height and length and plays a different position, and you slide Ant into two. So it's a better fit, obviously. But still, player for player, you know. So that's it. Twice. That's all all they've done. He did that twice. Right. He got Grant twice. He traded for him, then he signed him. Yeah, and then and he re- yeah, he <laughs> yeah. signed him. So that that's that's not good. And, and you're right, hundred percent. So you know he admits he failed Dame. He admits uh, that he understands why Dame wants out. Um, he admits that you know, even though he knew it would probably happen, he felt he was doing the right thing. But when it did happen, it still was a jolt to him. Which you know he's he's been there longer than Dame, so I'm, I'm sure it hurt for many reasons. But it didn't hurt enough for him to not go all in like he said he would. And of course, they're not going to talk about the players that were out there. Some of the deals I heard were just ridiculous. I wouldn't have done them either. Uh, but other sources didn't believe that there were, or say that there were some deals that would have definitely helped now, but the players they would have gotten aren't as good as what Scoot and Shaden project to be. Yep. And to me, that's where things get really weird because like, it's not about where those two project. You have a superstar now give him pieces he can try and win with. But anyway, that's another story. So let's go back to the fact that Summer League, they've played three games the Blazers have. They have the fourth game tomorrow against Orlando. We're, we're recording this recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, no deals in place, and it doesn't look like one is on the horizon. Cronin himself said, we're trying to get the best deal that we can, whether it's another star player and some picks or a bunch of picks and some marginal players or whatever combination it's going to be. Uh, nothing is moving yet. Now this could change. Something could break while we're talking about this. But how do why do you how do you feel about the fact that you know we're a week in the summer league and clearly Portland and Miami have not hammered this thing out and it has to be Miami. Like he's not sending Dame somewhere else. It's either going to be Miami or he's coming back to Portland because Dame is not going to go somewhere else. So why do you think this is such a holdup right now? Is, is Cronin just trying to play tough? Or does he have legitimate reason to not really sit down with Miami and hammer this out, which was what I'm told is going on. He's not being proactive with Miami. Yeah. 
so you're under the impression no matter what, there's no chance that Dame would go to Philly. So I I would not say 100% to anything in this world. This world is wackadoodle, bro. Like, it's just the drama surrounding this. the NBA is just nuts. And so, yeah, I mean, if Philly trades Harden, has a big giant haul, and Cronus says, look, man, Miami's not playing ball. Because Miami could screw this up. Miami could be like, yeah, we're not going to – this is what we're offering you. Take it or leave it. Because for all we know, they want Dame, but aren't willing to give up, you know, too much for him. And so it's like, okay, Dame, you can go to Philly and you can play with Embiid. If you can't win with Embiid, you can't win. So go to Philly for three years, try and win a championship, and we're going to get all this stuff. And so, yeah, I do believe there's a possibility remotely where that could happen. But I've been told numerous times that it's literally Miami or I won't go. So if that's the case, well, I shouldn't say I won't go. It's that he will not be happy having to go. And I do believe that the option of just not showing up is in play. Um, well, I also think, so I would say again, there's outside no chance, team, but I don't see a scenario where a team trades for Damian Lillard. If Damian Lillard doesn't right. want to play for it. So all these things exactly. about uh, forcing him this, that, just or whatever, them, yeah, there's real life. There's reality. Yeah. You're not, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are not going to take him. If he said, I mean, that's a team that has don't a chance trade for me. Right, we're going to train Bridges, your guy, and uh, but we're still trading for you. And if he doesn't want to go there... Oh, he he definitely wouldn't show up. They traded Bridges. I'm just saying. They traded Bridges for... Yeah, he definitely wouldn't go. Like, that's 100% not, he's not going. They're not They're not going to make the trade. They're not going to do it. They're right, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. So, but I'm even saying they wouldn't, make, they wouldn't make the deal even with having Bridges and trying to figure out how to give up a bunch of other assets because it... If, if someone like that tells you, do not trade for me, I do not want to play for you. And it's someone like Lillard who's going to feel absolutely 100% disrespected that you would do this. It's just a waste of time. So why would you even bother yeah, doing it? I just, so you know, it's going to be Miami. Everyone picks the, you know, there's one, like everyone picks the Kawhi, you know, he didn't want to go to Toronto. I'm like, you know what? That is the greatest he, thing that ever happened to both sides. Cause he had one year left on his deal. He went, he won a title and he scattered. So, but he never protested going to Miami. Well, I, he wanted to, I'm sorry, yeah. Toronto, Toronto. He, right. It's, it's, people have brought this up to me too. He never said, I'm not going to go to Toronto. He said, I want to go to LA. And he did. But he had one year left on his deal. And they said, well, we're sending you to Toronto because we're going to get DeRozan and stuff like that. And, and then he was like, okay, cool. I watched his press conference. He's like, I'm excited to be here. I love the great city. You know, we got a good chance to win. He was cool with it. And he won. And he went out and he won a championship. And then he left. Then he gone. <laughs> so this is different. Lillard is not, he he's not it. saying send me somewhere for one year. He's like, I'm not going. I'm, I want to go to Miami, period. So get it done with Miami. It shouldn't be that difficult and, as far as I'm concerned. And he's got multiple years left on a humongous contract. Right. So he can't, and, he, and Kawhi, so Kawhi knew getting sent to Toronto wasn't his shot. It was one of his shots to win a title. Right. And he right. won it. And it, and he was much younger. Right. Lillard's it. Yeah. Like we talked about last time, this yeah. is his one shot. He's going to play it as hard as possible because he thinks it'll work, and it probably will. If if Joe Cronin is not sitting down with Miami, if they don't have parameters for what deal they want and what they're willing to take, and they're not sitting down with Miami, that's that's doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make yeah. any sense. And if that's true, that that's bad. And if you're a Blazer fan, you shouldn't want that. Because you want what you want is him to get the best deal possible. Well, if the only deal is with Miami, <laughs> he should get the best deal he can with Miami. And trying to 
playing chicken with Damian Lillard, I, man, like I said, that dude says what he says what he's going to do. Like, that's not yeah. a guy I would play chicken with, right? Like, of the people I've been around that I would believe when they say they won't show up or they won't play, I'm going to believe Damian Lillard. And everyone's like, he's not going to let $43 million go. No, he's probably not because they're going to trade him to Miami, <laughs> you know, or or he's yeah. not going to miss the entire and- season. And – He's not going to miss his entire three years left on his on his superflex, and Modella pays him a lot, <laughs> so he's you know he's got that money you know like he he's, he's made three hundred million dollars like he's not going to be hurt for money and and again the idea that oh just make him sit people who say that are just demonstrating why or how little they know or understand about this business. Damian Lillard could show up, but not have his heart in it. Now he's a competitor. I'm sure he'd play hard, but ultimately, emotionally, he's not going to care. So you, so he, he'll show up just enough to get paid. We've seen NBA players do this for decades. Just show up just enough to CTC, right? But if you're going to give up four first round picks and two good players to get him, you want maximum Damian Lillard. Otherwise, what's the point? So yeah, there, there's no, there's no, we might send him anywhere nonsense unless Dame comes off of his stance. Yeah, which and, I'm going to say is and Joe Cronin is possible, but and Joe Cronin said. The rest of Dame's career matters to them because it exactly, and it does matter to them that Damian Lillard eventually comes back in some form as a retired player, as just to retire his number. Like, come on, you really want to set up a relationship with Dame? You just ship Dame somewhere he didn't want to go, and you never get the Damian Lillard, um, you know, zero up in the Raptors. Come on, man! Like, you don't want that. You don't want Damian Lillard as a part owner of your franchise. One day, possibly, like that's that's just that's just yeah. cr- that's just silly. It's silly. And over a draft, over that, and honestly, over an extra draft pick, right? Right, an, right, an extra pick in 2030. And he's not going to look. Right. He's it, not playing for you, <clears throat> and he doesn't fit into your plan. If you're Joe Cronin and the Blazers, you should want him to leave in a way, because you need this plan to go forward, and it includes Scoot. Making a crap ton, playing a crap ton of minutes. Right. So I asked that question. And I, I said, at the end of the day, given the moves you made, doesn't it ultimately make sense to trade Damien to get a lot of assets to go along with your young players, in part to try and keep up with Houston OKC, which when you look at their roster, yeah. they're already stacked with young, promising talent. It's kind of scary. Now, they may not all pan out, and who knows what kind of drama is going to happen or injuries or whatever, but, like, OKC is just lit right now. <laughs> like that, they're going to be good this upcoming year. They're ahead of the Blazers without Dame. And with Dame, last year they, they smashed the Blazers. Bad matchup. Houston, Jalen Green, Jabari, if he takes another step, they just added a six foot seven point guard in Amon Thompson, and you still have other dudes as well. You're not keeping up with those two with just Scoot and Sharp. So my question was, isn't it better to not have Dame get assets, go in the lottery, and try and get another high-end lottery pick to try and keep up in, in the arms race in, in the West alone? And his thing was like, well, you know, he kind of he, he answered in, in terms of, you know, it's hard to replace Lillard. How are you going to find a player of that caliber? So they, they'd want to keep him, and that's all well and good. But keeping him with the young players they've added doesn't really get you anywhere, which we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, that, that's a legitimate – path to just say okay we're trying to get another lottery pick next season because if you're good enough to get in the playoffs next year you lose your first round pick 
all together. So let's let's go into this then. What would I well, we'll go with me? What would I accept if I were the Blazers right now? And then you tell me if you would if you would go along with this, or if you want more, you take less. So for me, and this is in part based on conversations I've had with people about what seems to be realistic. This is an informed. This is a, this is an informed uh, prediction or or right. uh, an assessment. In, assessment. There you go. Analysis. Yeah, it's not just me off the top of my head. I've talked about this with people. So if they can come out of this with four first round picks, at least one, if not two, young um, talents. And then salary filler. That should get it done. I'm told that right now, Miami has three firsts, hero, filler, and maybe a young player already, like willing to go with that. So the question is finding that fourth. If you don't want hero, then you just have to find someone to take hero and give you another first round pick. Then you're at four. First, and then at least one young player and salary players, a salary um, matches, and then maybe two young players. So I'm told it's pretty close. They just have to work it out. And they haven't, they hadn't to when the last time I talked about this two days ago, they hadn't really spent much time working it out yet. Maybe that's happened the last couple of days. Like I said, maybe they can bust a trade out today, tomorrow, who knows? So I would take that in a heartbeat. Yes. I don't think they should try and get a go bear trade. I think that's ridiculous. Because everyone thought that was a bad trade. You shouldn't ask Miami to make another quote-unquote bad trade. I don't think they're going to get the okay, the uh, Durant Hall because Dame's not Durant. And the the Donovan Mitchell thing, I think this is right around Donovan Mitchell trade, but Donovan Mitchell was younger. But if you can get one extra first-round pick compared to the three that uh, Utah netted in the Mitchell thing, I think you're good. So would that work for you? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, we're done. I mean, I, what what else? You What do you want, five? I mean, they're not gonna, like, of course, four, four first round draft picks. I would take Hero. You could, you know, everyone's talking about we don't need Hero. Fine, trade Simons. You know, like you don't need Simons really on this team, based on what your future is. And it's not like you can't. Simons and and Sharp can live. You know, they could live together. Shooting is, you know, a huge part. He's twenty three. He's younger than your guy. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? Like, the, I talked to some Miami reporters about this, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't understand the the hero hate either." Hero's a good young player. He's only twenty three. He makes a lot of money, but still, they should be able to flip that, and or keep him and flip someone else. Right. I mean, like there are enough when we you try to do minutes. If you get rid of Simons and you have Scoot, Hero, and Sharp. And Grant, there's enough minutes to get everyone, you know, some time. And also, just, I hate to break it to you, Joe Cronin and others, you are not competing for a title right now. So what if your roster's a little, if it's a little unbalanced? (laughs) Imbalanced. Like, whatever, man. Like, what what are you doing? Play them. Well, I can see, okay. Or flip it. I can see the goal being, I can see see the goal being and bringing the team right away just to get it done. To not go with Hero. But... If you can't find another team right now and it's four first and hero or three first hero and two young players, and then you still have the asset at some point to move ant or hero for another first, I think that's legitimate too. I think all of these things are legitimate. The other thing that has to be considered is that Dane's about to turn 33. He's going to yes. be paid 
$216 million over the next four years. Yes. Whether anyone wants to admit it or not, that's crazy. You're going to be paying a 36 year old at $62 million. And who knows what's going to happen between now and then. That's a huge risk for whoever is taking that on. And, so, and at, with the Blazers, it doesn't do you any good to spend that money on a 36 year old. Right. You know, like, unless, unless you, unless you're contending in the next couple of years. Right, but Scoot plays bullet, point guard, Petrus. No, no, <laughs> you, know, no, no, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying like, I'm just saying. No, no, yeah. With what you have right now, yeah, right. it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah. It's completely ridiculous. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I, I just, I think, I think Cronin's doing his best, sure, to try and explore all options, even though he really only has one. And the plan being to say, okay, we we pretty much know we have to deal with Miami straight up or directly, but what other options are out there that we could explore? to get something else. And I do think that obviously can take time. What if they are trying to say, okay, we need a small forward. Is there a team out there with a small forward we like who maybe has a log jam, a small forward, and they're willing to give up a small forward we like that we think comes in and starts right away and he's young, youngish, and that team wants Hero and a first-round pick or Hero in a couple seconds. Because they need a two guard, so there's part of your trade. Blazers have a ton of second round picks, as we know. They got five in the, <laughs> the Gary Payton trade, right? You send them a couple of picks. Uh, Miami sends them hero. You get a first from that team, or you get sorry, you get the small forward from that team you want. Like those kind of things that take time to try and figure out. Okay, what are all the best scenarios imaginable? And so, and he has time. They have time to work these things out. So I'm not going to begrudge him that, um, but. This idea that he said, if it takes months, it takes months. I mean, months is two or more. So we're looking at September <laughs> before training camp. Dame's still going to be on the roster. And that leads me to my next topic. The idea that Cronin has left, has left the door open for Dame to return. Do you even believe that's remotely feasible? No. No, I mean... <laughs> It's over. <laughs> and and here he hasn't spoken to him since July first. You know, their 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 relationship's broken. It's not I don't think it's broken. I don't, I don't mean it's, it's forever broken. It's separated now. You know what I mean? Like he's not Dame's not considering that option. Why would he consider this wasn't this wasn't a thing that Dame did like on a random Tuesday because you know he, he yeah, the wind blew in this direction. I mean, like, this is a, a two-year, at least a two-year process of thought. I mean, you knew it. Last summer at this time, you said, if they haven't moved in a positive direction, Dame's. I've been told Dame is going to ask out. And that's where right. we are. So, no, why would he change? Why would Damian Lillard change? Why would he want to come back? Nothing has changed. And if something has changed considerably, then you probably have eliminated the chance for Dame to get traded and he's ticked, you know, like, no, it's, it's, there's no scenario. You're not, that toothpaste is out because Damian Lillard does not make these decisions lightly. 100%. Now I have heard, okay, this is, this is, you know, quote unquote, insider information. And I've written about this. 
he definitely agonized over this decision. It definitely breaks his heart that he's going to leave. He did not want it to come to this. He, if he had his choice, he would still be on, in the within the Blazers' plans, but that would mean they would have made some moves. So the only real way I could see him coming back, if he's serious about winning a championship, like to me, if he comes back, he's giving up winning a title. He's just giving it up because it's not going to happen. There's no way it's going to happen with this roster or whatever they can do in the future, unless they trade Scoot or Sharp. At least until he's no 38. Way. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the two young kids are not going to be good enough. No, I mean, he'll get, he'll be on ball. another team when he's 38. Right. Exactly. Uh, so could, you know, deals can happen at any time. Could they magically, could another team out there, let, let me just throw this out there. Could another team out there that they were talking to who uh, weren't sure about what they wanted to do decide, you know what? Maybe we will do what the Blazers want for this for Star X. We like Scoot. We saw him in the summer league for less than a, a game. We'll talk about that in a minute. Seventeen we, minutes. <laughs> we liked what we saw, and other, the other plans we had. This is the other thing because teams might give you a bad offer or reject your offer because they have other things in mind, and then those other things fall through, and then what you offered starts looking better. Again, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm saying this, to me, is the only pathway. And then all of a sudden, you pull off that big deal, and boom, you have another all-star and another semi-star to go along with Grant. And and Dame's like, okay, now I'm back. And then Dame comes back, and you move forward, hoping you can try and contend. To me, that's the only way that Damien returns. Otherwise, forget about it. And if he does, and if he does at at the preseason press conference, I will legitimately sit front-row center and ask Damien, so you return to this team. Does this mean you've given up hope of winning a championship? Are we done with talking about this and you leaving? Or is a door open for you to leave next year? Or do you now believe Cronin is going to magically make some trades in the next year? Like, Because at some point it falls on Damien. Because Damien has to either go and try and win or stop talking about it. So Agreed? I he already made that decision. No, yeah, I, I agree with him. Yeah. I'm saying if I mean, he already he made played it, out where he came I, he's back, he's not going back on it. He would have, yeah, he made the decision. But if, but if he came back, it, yeah. okay, again, they left the door open. I, I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't, if he came back to me, he can't talk about it anymore because no one's going to take him seriously. Similar to, so when they drafted Scoot, we you came up with a lot of scenarios on on what could happen, and I said when they drafted Scoot, Damian Lillard was gone, and I said that before it actually. You know, oh, yeah. happened, and there were people speculating that, including Joe Cronin, that they were still building around him. That I said the night, the day after they draft, that when when they drafted him, I texted and I said, "Dame's gone," and they know it. When they drafted Scoot, they knew Dame was gone. When Dame said, "I'm gone," he's gone. Like he's not going back. He's not the guy. He wouldn't go back because of his legacy and because he cares about that. You know, okay, if they pulled off some trades, you don't think he'd come back. They're not pulling off trades. So, like, sure, okay, that's a if, if they traded Scoot now for Zion, okay. But that's like – There you go. But, and, and another move, like – but So we agree. Yeah, so we agree. Yeah, it'd but be, I'm not going to – You Otherwise, got me to say that because you did your ventures for – where you said, if they, got, if they made a trade, they're not going to – Like, I don't believe this in a hundred million – Like – you know, these strange like, things happen. Strange things happen. So, like, the NBA, man. So, Craig, if you grew uh, two feet tomorrow, could you dunk? Yes. 
<laughs> that's the same thing. Like the same scenario. Like it's not. The, and the Blazers <laughs> okay. made the Blazers can't go back either. You can't draft. First of all, you should have when they didn't trade sharp. When they took, I already was saying when they said sharp is off the table. They had come to a conclusion mm-hmm. that they would rather not trade sharp than keep Dan. Than keep Dan. I mean, they made it. They were trying to do both, agreed. But when you say Sharp is off the table, like we will not trade Shaden Sharp for Zion, like <laughs> then you're saying to Dame that that this guy's future is more important to us than your present. So why would they? They they would also be going off what they think and suddenly think that Scoot is not who they think he is. So. Yeah, I, I see no scenario in which the um, this happens. And it is why the word months, when everyone, I, you know, I tweeted out like, you know, I appreciate Cronin's honesty about everything he said in the press conference. But when he's, for everyone's sake, fan base, Dame, <laughs> the Heat, Aaron Fentress's well-being, I hope. This doesn't take months because it'll be and the current Blazers team. It'll be agonizing because no one will be able to move forward. It will dominate everything the Blazers are discussing. And I don't see a scenario in which waiting two months is that advantageous. Everyone's like, they got to wait out their best deal. Like why in two months when more teams have filled their roster I mean, what you're hoping for there is some crazy injury somewhere, right? That someone fell off a motorcycle. It, it's happened, <laughs> you know. You're a Bulls fan. You know it happens, you know. Oh Jay God, Williams falls off a motorcycle, and all of a sudden it's a different story. Somebody pulls an Achilles in a, a, a training, you know, and suddenly someone's desperate, right? And that app that somehow has the ability to do this. But you've written it. We've talked about it. There are very few teams that – can absorb Dame's contract without giving up what makes them a contender. Right. So you're already limited and trying to say that waiting will create new avenues of potential trades doesn't make, it's not impossible, but (laughs) I think a reasonable person can say that when teams start taking on more assets as we move closer to the regular season, they become less flexible, not more flexible. So it's not a situation where it's saying, like, I'm not going to sell my house because now because I think in three months there'll be less houses to sell, so people will pay me more money because that's not how this works. Like it's not a straight cash transfer. You need to move things for, you need to have space um, and flexibility. Um, so I, I think that it, it, I don't think it helps anyone to wait. Um, Cause now you're just asking for a little, to get lucky in a way. Joe Cronin's job yeah. is to trade Damian Lillard right now. That is his job. It's an important to job. Miami. He can't <laughs> screw it up, but he has to do it. Um, you know, he has to accept that maybe the Miami deal of three picks and whatever might be the best thing they can get, and holding on to Dame won't make it better. Right. 
Okay. Also on Monday, after Cronin's initial press conference to mainly discuss what everyone figured he'd discuss, and that's Damien, they introduced Jeremy Grant, who signed a five-year, $160 million deal, and Matisse Thibel, who signed a three-year, $33 million offer sheet with Dallas, which was matched by the Blazers. Um, I asked both about the Lillard situation uh grant said essentially so grant closed the season saying he wanted to win and it it seemed clear to everybody that if lillard was gone grant could leave but five years 160 million dollars does a lot of talking and of course there's also some you know we don't really know exactly how much went into signing grant based on that being something to keep dame happy which apparently it didn't because after announcing grant Dame said he wanted to leave. And then Matisse said, you know, his deal had nothing to, they share the same agent, but that his situation had nothing to do with the Dame situation. But my question was, okay, great. But how do you feel now that Dame's not going to be here? And as I was trying to get out of them, you know, where they think this franchise is headed. And of course they both made positive, gave me positive answers. Grant saying he trusted Joe and his plan, et cetera, et cetera. So that's all well and good. The other question I asked, which for whatever reason caused, a little bit of a stir <laughs> Twitter for Cur- some zany, crazy reason was I, I wanted to get Cronin on the record as saying that they're trying to win. Okay. Or that they're not. And so part of my point being, okay, you just signed You brought these two guys back two veteran guys, which is an indication that, I mean, obviously you got to spend money, but locking them in, kind of says you're either trying to keep them as assets or you really think they can help you win. And then I just posed the question, you know, that could it have been, you know, could it be a situation also where, you know, you guys are probably going to struggle. Therefore you might end up back in the lottery. And is that beneficial, which I didn't really expect him to say necessarily, Oh yeah, we think we're going to suck and be back in the lottery, but I just wanted to hear a direct plan. Like what's, what's your plan now? Cause he hadn't talked about that yet. And so he said that they feel like they have a high talent level and they feel like they can win. And then he he expanded upon that in part because I laid out basically the entire scenario so that it wasn't, I didn't give him just some simplistic questions so he could give me a simplistic answer. I wanted a full-blown answer based on all of these parameters in play here because if you tell the fans again you're trying to win, you should be held accountable if you don't make moves that lead to winning. They told the fans, they were going to build around Damian Lillard. Even after the lottery. Did they do that? No. So now you're going to move Dame, replace him with a 19-year-old. What's your plan? And if your plan is to win, with whom? With this team? Are you kidding me? This team right now is lottery bound. No way around it. There's zero chance for this team not to be in the lottery. So if you plan to win, you need to go out and get a legit starting small forward and two legitimate veteran rotation guys. If you do that, then maybe you have a chance to get to for 500 and be in the play Other than that, you're headed to the lottery. So that's why I asked the question in the first place, and that's why I asked it. Also, some people were thinking that I asked it of Grant and Matisse when I asked it of Joe specifically and then asked it to Billups. That's why in the video that some people have seen, Matisse moves the mic towards Chauncey and, and Grant moves the mic towards Cronin, but they cut out the part where I addressed it to Joe. Anyway, regardless... Here's where they sit right now, depth chart-wise. <clears throat> and again, this is not just me pontificating. This is 
based in part on some conversations as well. They, if they play the game tomorrow, Ant would start at point. Sharp would start at the two. Scoot does not. Scoot does not have a starting job locked up. Scoot would have to kill it in training camp and prove he's better than Sharp, and then Scoot and Ant would start, and Sharp would come off the bench. Ant is ahead of Scoot and Sharp. There's no debate <laughs> as of right now. We'll see what happens. But if Ant were in the G League, Ant's averaging 37, not 17. And Ant was ahead of Sharp last year. It's, I just don't know if I buy that Sharp in one summer is going to leapfrog where Ant is. Now, I know you can say you drafted the guy number three, you got to play him. Yeah, he can play. He can still get 28 minutes, not starting. But as of right now, he's not the starter. We'll see what happens. You got Matisse backing up the two. You have no small forward that you would start. You have Nasir Little as your only small, really. You got Grant the four backed up by Murray, Jabari Walker. You got Nurkic, and they might get this Eddie Tavares guy from from Europe, uh, or Nurkic could be gone. And your bench is almost non-existent. I mean, obviously you'd have Scoot, Matisse coming off the bench. Little if you got the small forward. You need two veteran guys, otherwise you're going to be too young off the bench. So let me ask you this. Leads to my question. Does any of this even matter? No. Or do you see any type of pathway whatsoever to respectability this upcoming season? And respectability to me is you are in the play and hunt, <clears throat> which you can be under 500 to be in the play and hunt. You are in the play and hunt until at least the last two weeks of the season. Like, So this is what I'll say. First about your question. Uh, I don't know. I don't really understand why people are mad. You asked the question that mo- many fans are thinking, and that's kind of your job, right? Your job is to yeah, ask kinda. questions that people yeah. want to know. And people want to know is, you you know, is Lillard, you kept saying we're ready to win now, and then you just said you understand why Lillard didn't believe we were ready to, that the team was ready to win now. So do you think you're ready to win now? <laughs> like, what? Like, where is that answer? You said right. that Lillard, you understand why Lillard thought um, you know, that he, you know, Cronin said, I understand why Damian Lillard would <clears throat> think and believe that this team was not ready to win now. And you respect that opinion. Right. So all you asked is, are you ready to win now? Now, what I will say to you is the answer is obvious in July. <laughs> like of, you don't admit to tanking the next season in July. Like it, there's, there's no, as a PR <laughs> professional, if Joe asked me, I would say, um, you say, of course we're trying to win now for all I know, scoot is going to be the first ever 19 year old to lead his team to an NBA championship as a rookie point guard. Like, you know what? Hey, we start out. Ma- don't forget magic. Out. Don't forget magic. Um, yeah. Without Kareem. <laughs> uh, right and I, I i mean that's a fair point i didn't expect him to come out and say <clears throat> you know we're gonna be bad but i i just want to know like wh- what is the plan because because if your plan is to win and be good then you're gonna make more moves and if you Look, don't make more moves and you're being disingenuous that's all i'm saying i could say i honestly i didn't think the question did not there are, I've, I've seen some really stupid questions i've asked a few in my time as a journalist I've asked, you know, questions. I'm like, ooh, that was We all bad. have. Right. But this question <laughs> had an obvious answer. 
But sometimes you need to ask the question with the obvious answer. In my mind, it's an obvious answer. We could debate. You could think that there's not an obvious answer. I would tell you there's an obvious answer. We are trying to win with the players that we have. Now, we have obviously invested in the future. And we are not – our expectation is not for – I mean, you could have said my expectation is not for Scoot, you know, to be Magic on day one. You know what I mean? Like, that's a a fair thing. Magic led his – his college team to a, you know, an NCAA championship. This guy playing the G league, like, but um, what I will say is there's no reason in July for Joe Cronin to say anything, but we're trying to win. Right. But all it's similar to saying one thing and doing another in this hat, in this, in this instance, I applaud him saying that we're going to try to win because there's a scenario in which things are shocking. Shaden Sharp is Dr. J, you know, and, and, <laughs> you know, I, I, should I pick anyone that's played in the last 10 years? I'm not. I'm going way back <laughs> so that nobody can make a comparison, right? So there's all these things that, um, you know, could be shocking. Um, you know, I, I would say that they're, they have chosen their path, their path is to build around Scoot and Shane Sharp. That's their path. So if you're building around 19-year-olds, giving up another lottery pick to lose in the first round of the, the, the playoffs is not – that's not smart. It's insane. It's fine. I'm going to say it's not smart. You could say it's insane. Okay. So both of <laughs> – why? Why would you do that? You know what we know? The Blazers did that for forever, and that's why we're here. And the best what it we believe everything around this team is that um, they can't get free agents. It's really hard to get stars to to choose to come here. Then you have to do it through the draft. You have to, and you don't have a, you don't have a player over six foot eight on your team that you can build around. You know what I mean? Like your power forward is a small power forward in Grant. Who could play the three? You do not have a five that you're building around. You have Nurkic, who might not be here. So, of course, your goal should be for these guys to be as good as possible. But as good as possible, unless they are beyond what we've ever seen before, they will not make the playoff. Because you don't have the ability. Like You're like Nasir Little at the three. He's not good. He's not good. He's not good. Well, well, they have to replay. That's my point. What, what, I'm just saying, what like, I was trying to get you know, to is what, what they need. We, we know where they are right now. If they want to try and LOL, if they want to try and quote unquote win, and by when I mean respectability, they have to make other moves and they're not making other moves. That, and they that's why to me, else. taking on like a hero at 23 isn't terrible. You know, like, because, um, you know, this, this, this process of not trying to win a championship now, Hero gives you more flexibility with a 23-year-old with a good contract, a good contract. People could say it's crazy. It is not crazy. People crap on it's it. It's a very yeah. good contract. He averaged over 20 points a game as a 23-year-old, and he's only shown to be getting better every year. So, right. The flexibility of having that guy, I mean, he's a guy that, that 
you know, a team that is close could still absorb in a deal and he can fill the role of, of, of a great shooter, which might be a final piece in winning a title. Scoot is not, Sharp is not, Simons is not even, right? Because Simons, is, he could be, but he hasn't, he's been an on-the-ball guy. Hero has been, uh, he's been on the ball. I mean, that's the other thing. The guy is still developing what his game is. So I'm not anti-hero on the Blazers. I understand that if you can flip it for a big or a four, you know, like I, I get that, that that's, that's uh, perfect. But no, I mean, you got to say yeah. what you got to say. But their path, their plan better be to build around Shaden Sharp and Scoot. I mean, I don't even think you build around Simons. I, I, and I, we're on, I'm on the record of saying that I, uh, I think Scoot's going to start more games than he doesn't. So, I, you know, and I don't know what that means for Simons because I'm not going to get into that because, you know, there's a scenario that all three start in my mind. You know, why not? Like, play the guys, see what you got. And Sharp yeah, is. Yeah, Scoot Ant and put Sharp at the three. Right. So I'm not against that, yeah. all of them starting. I, I also agree with you that in a, if I were picking, if we were running, you know, and I had first pick and I could take Scoot or Simons today and I want to stay on the court because that's how it works in a gym, I'm taking Simons. But if I want to win in 10 years, you know, overall career, I might go Scoot. I No, I would go Scoot. I would go Scoot. Right. He has so, a better, he has a bigger upside. He's yeah, a better natural player. None of this matters. I mean, just let's see what we got when we get there. The expectation, the part that stinks is at some point, Blazer fans are going to get through with this drama. Dame's going to be traded. You're going to have what you have, and you're good. You're going to have that moment of oh, oh, yikes! Do I? And that's what the Blazers know is going to happen. And then it's harder to sell tickets. Exactly. So here's a okay. So two things. One, if if Ant starts this entire season at point because he's just better, that's not a big deal to me. But eventually, Scoot has to end up being blatantly better than Ant or Cronin with. Because getting Scoot meant losing Dame. And you can't lose Dame for a guy who's not even better than Anthony. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Yeah, obviously, at that point, we've been like, okay, you, you should have just traded the number three pick for a couple of veteran guys or whatever you could have gotten. And since Ant's better than Scoot, you kept Ant and you kept Dame, and now you had a chance to at least be good, maybe not great, but good. That's one. Two, at the at the end of the day, you you simply just have to play these guys as much as possible. And just not even care almost. But that's admitting to tanking. They, it, it, you know, for all intents and purposes, Chauncey can say whatever he wants. Cronin can say whatever he wants. But if that's the focal point, of the nucleus of your team is Scoot and Sharp at their at their ages, you, you're you're done before before the first game even begins. You're done, you, and that's not even just on paper. You're done. Then you factor in some injuries, and you're even more done. I don't expect them to admit that, but as you were alluding to, why are the fans going to buy into that? So then that leads me to this part. If the team needs to be sold at, at some point. Oh, boy. Right? You brought it up this time. <laughs> no, but, but listen to this. Yeah. If the team needs to be sold at some point, they're saying it's not for sale. 
if you go into a couple more years of being bad because you're letting young young players run the team, how does that help in terms of the the value? Because obviously winning increases the perceived value of a franchise. But why on earth, if you're Cronin, do you want to create this situation unless you believe you have time to see it through? It's to me, it's it's part of an indication that this team is not going to be sold anytime soon. And that Cronin believes he has years to see his plan through. Because otherwise, why are you doing this? If you if you don't think you have years, you're doing whatever you can to put a team around Dame and try and win now. Because that's what you're going to be judged upon when this team is sold. Because when this team is sold, I can guarantee you if Phil Knight bought the team today, he'd wipe the place clean. They'd move out almost every single person in every single position of authority in that franchise. Everyone's gone, including Cronin. So what are you, what, what is your personal plan in terms of how you're going to mitigate your resume being, oh, I tanked three times and lost Dame versus I put together a team around Dame that could win. Unless you believe you have a lot of time to see through your long-term plan, which is another indication that this team is not going to be sold anytime soon. And that if, and that if Phil Knight wants it, he needs to overpay for it. So just a little sidebar, just throwing it out there. Something to think about. So my thing with the Joe Cronin thing, cause I, is that I think, first of all, we have no idea who, who's really making the decisions. It's fair to say, we don't know who's, who's piloting the ship. Joe Cronin took over after they fired uh, Olshay under strange circumstances, right? There was a surprise circumstances. Um, And we do not know the relationship between Cronin and Cold and Cronin and Allen. And if there's a mystery person, but who knows? But I will say, I think that Joe Cronin is making moves that he thinks that will overall help his future resume. You know what I mean? Like he drafted, he drafted well, you know, like if Scoot turns out and Sharp looks great. And if I think he knew that if he would have made a Damon Lillard trade, I mean a trade to bring in a vet and he traded out Sharp or he traded out Scoot for talent to build around Damon. And one of these two guys, ended up being Michael Jordan, you know, per se, or, you know, some kind of uh, all-time great player, people, that would hurt his resume for his future employment. Not Um, if they won. No, no, if they won, of course. But that he also probably knew that the trade he made couldn't, that's why he didn't make the trade. Because he didn't think it could, right? He didn't think it was good enough. So um, he was, you know, I I feel for Joe, he kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. He put himself there, if you know, by saying the words that he were, said. Um, but he, um, but I also think he's making what the, I do believe he's making moves that he feels is best for the franchise, because in the end, that's what a GM should do. And I think most people in the league up till now have viewed his moves to be okay, maybe not great, but okay. Right. But the next thing is huge. Like if he doesn't, 
if he if if Dame comes like if he doesn't get get Dame traded, and it implodes like you you get fired for stuff like that. You know what I mean? If you can't do it, or if you make a trade that is so horrific, the whole league laughs at you. Um, <laughs> but you know, poisoning Dame, like poisoning the Dame situation, it does not help the franchise. You know what I mean? Like keeping here for months and having Dame not in training camp. And still not making a trade. I just don't see how that helps anybody's resume, you know, or. Right. And also it doesn't help the league. Like at some point in time, don't, you know, we know that somebody from the league office is going to pick up the phone and be like, Hey, hey, what do we come on? What are you doing? You know, like, this is all great <laughs> right now. We still get, we like the talk and all that, but once we get towards the season, we don't want to talk about, you know, Damon Lillard ugliness. We want to talk about the upcoming season and this wonderful in-game, in-season tournament and, and all that. And we want the – and the Blazers want to be able to change their marketing and put up scoot and put up sharp stuff and run the promos about why you should come to the Blazers. And it's all shadowed right now by – you know, it's all overshadowed by Dame stuff. But it's July. It's okay. It's not okay in September. <laughs> all right <clears throat> i'm 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 done with this stuff i'm sick with it, sick of it to this point you got anything else you want to say <laughs> no i i you know i we do i we should talk about summer league you were there oh god yeah i guess and uh, you uh, got... okay your impressions of scoot your, your impressions of scoot it's exactly what i thought i'd see from scoot right like in from the g i didn't watch a lot of g league but i watched a lot of the highlights i did watch the you know, the game, you know, the beginning of the season when his G League team uh, played Wemby and I saw this, you know, this great athlete. Um, you know, I hate comparisons, but the Russell Westbrook comparison makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, he looks stronger and faster than everyone else on that court, which, you know, it is summer league. Um, and But what I liked the most, and it was one half like of the game, but they mic'd him up. And I loved hearing his positivity, his leadership, his kind of calling out stuff. Like, that's a guy that he's alpha. He's alpha. Mm. And that's what you want from that position. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, your guy Simons, if we mic'd him up in his first, like, well, how many words do you think we would have gotten? In his when, he was 19, when he was 19? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? When he was 19? Like, you know. Excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry. Excuse me. Pardon uh, me. Sorry. I, I believe I believe that pick was illegal. <laughs> you know, like, I, I would <laughs> I would appreciate a ball to be passed in my direction. Like he's such he's such a nice guy and a nice kid, but he wasn't. He's, right. He didn't show up alpha. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. alpha with the ball, and he's a great. You know, he's a really good player. But I, I really like that part. Sharp's not an alpha like verbally. When he dunks from the free right. throw line, that's pretty alpha. So I I don't want to take yeah. that away. <laughs> And certain things overcome that. But right. I see those – I heard those intangibles of a of a player that um, is not going to shy away from telling Yusuf Nurkic to, you know, the pick's here, dude. You know, um, and I see th- those things. Um, and it just sucks that he hurt shoulder and probably he's not – you know, I know. Play I couldn't. And... I couldn't believe that. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> Two years in a row, I come here yeah. for a lottery pick, and they hurt their shoulder in the first game. The thing I loved about him the most was, you know, he talked about this during 
media sessions about getting getting into the lane and spraying, meaning just spraying pace, uh, passes out to guys. And he, he showed some of that, where even if he doesn't beat the guy off the dribble, when he gets like side by side with the game guy and he's forcing his way by him, he's such he's so strong, right? Oh, and he's nineteen. He's built like a NFL safety, I say, or one ninety five. He's probably not quite a, a big running back, obviously, but still he has that strength to you know operate as a running back, especially at in the in the NBA in terms of what he's trying to do physically to get in there. And then once he gets in there, he's so strong to overcome contact to finish or, or make a legit play at the basket. But if he is in a situation where the shot isn't there, he doesn't even hesitate to yeah. just find the open guy. And he knows where that person is and he gets them a good pass. And this is something that, that um, Billups has said since he got hired, we talked about this at the Mandalay Bay two years ago, where he wants, you know, people in the paint. And if you shoot a three late in the shot clock, great, but let's just attack the paint. And we saw Dame do some of that last year when he got his quickness back. But Dame still will come down and settle for a lot of threes early in the shot clock. Well, Scoot, not that good of a three-point shooter yet anyway, but he's trying to attack. And that's something Chauncey Billups is absolutely going to love because that's what he wants. And so that's something that he's going to give you that, that's better than what Dame, how Dame was doing it and better than how Ant was doing it. And I think it's going to help them in a lot of different ways, just having that element on the team. But, you know, he, sh- he shot well early, then he missed six straight shots, which, you know, brings back the whole shooting consistency thing. But, again, we're talking about one game. I did have a, a conversation with Pooh Jetter about him, and he admitted that he has a, that Scoot has a lot of things to work on, including the, the shooting and including some decision-making. But he's only 19, you know. <laughs> he's like, he's going to get there. But Pooh's acknowledging that he's not necessarily where he needs to be. So everyone kind of needs to chill a little bit and let the guy develop and grow, which is why I think, in a lot of ways, Ant's going to start. But I was impressed. I mean, I came away. I mean, I was impressed to the point where I, this is what I expected. I didn't expect him to be bad. Uh, I expect him to be exactly what he was because that's what I saw when when watching the G League games. And he he delivered that. And I see the promise. Absolutely. And his personality is there. He doesn't shy away from the big moment. So definitely a, a, a future star. Yeah, future franchise fun. number one. F- future franchise number one. I don't know about that. But definitely a, a legit star in the making. You know what? You just described like earlier with his game, a point mm-hmm. guard. <laughs> I know it's amazing, right? You know, like they drafted a point, point guard. guard, not a not a two, not a two, but a point. Not guard. two masquerading as a point, which is what we see in the NBA more often than not these days. What well, I'm just saying, like when people talk that crazy talk about, well, he could play off the ball. Like, why would you? Why would you ever take the ball out of that guy's hands? Like, that's that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna be if he's gonna be a star. He's going to be a point guard. He's going to do those things. And, um, but yeah, I, like I said, to me, the thing that I didn't know uh, that I'd heard and read was all about the leadership on the court and, and it wasn't forced, right? That's just who he was. You could just tell like when he gets on a basketball right. court and he was, and he, and he's, he's got the smile and he's having fun. Right. You know, um, right. I mean, Chris Paul does all that, but he does it with the, you know, anger, <laughs> like he's mad at you. <laughs> and, uh, but he has, you know, the joy of that. Um, and I think he is going to, it's what you want to market. If you're the Blazers, it's why you want to move through this. So, and uh, you know, Shaden has um, done what he does, you know, every once in a while he, you're like, where's Shaden? Why is he not dominating? And then the next game he did, I mean, the last game he, he dominated, but you know, the game before that, the second half, 
Yeah, game for, I think it was four for 20 in the game before that, or something like that. Yeah, that four for 18. That and then he was, I think he started out three for 11 last night. And then the second half, he just went off. So I think the second half, he had 23 points. Yeah, he finished with 23. He just went nuts. So. Uh, but yeah, I, um, I don't care. Or I think I am the, I believe this is my thing about Summer League. People that get to go to Summer League uh, love it because I've been there. Uh, it's really cool. It's fun. You get to see action close, you get to see people. Uh, you get to see if you're in the industry, it's people that you haven't, you know, you haven't, you don't haven't seen in a while. And then, you know, Hey, look at this. I'm sitting next to Carmelo Anthony. That's cool. You know? And, um, <laughs> but, uh, the basketball to me is, uh, means nothing other than, uh, checking out athleticism and things like that. I mean, Miller went off and you saw, um, that what people like to do with summer league is confirm they're what they've been saying leading into the draft. Either that guy's the best, or I told you that guy was a bum and they should have never picked him. And in the end, uh, after the first year in the NBA, no one cares because that's not what you evaluate. Uh, especially for rookies, Shading Sharp's not even evaluated on the first 40 games of the season, and him missing summer league didn't matter. And he went from like, hey, he's pretty good. Oh, look at that. Oh, he's now I get it. Oh, yeah. Hall of Fame. <laughs> So, I uh, I I don't like summer league talk because I just you know the Knicks were the Knicks have been a really good summer league team for a long like there was a good stretch of summer league success it did not spill over <laughs> so uh, but true. what was I do want to ask you I've never seen yeah. Wemby in person what was that like oh man so when I when the Blazers game ended the first one. Spurs were playing next. And so I walked across the sideline of the court to get to where you entered for the, to go to the locker rooms. And the Spurs came out at the exact same time. And Wimby ran right by me. And I was just like, wow, that that dude is so tall. And I've, I, you and I have stood by next to a lot of NBA players, right? I've stood, I've stood next to Nurk, who's the tallest blazer that I think they've had since I've been covering them. Uh, and yeah, no comparison. It just towered over me. And then I watched him, and he looked awkward. He looked young. He looked unsure of himself. Didn't shoot poorly in the first game. Then he plays the Blazers, and he had a really good game. Hit some threes, had some putback dunks. Yeah, some other plays. Really I think game. he was twenty-seven and twelve. Clearly, his height is, is just a, a, an absolute issue. And when he gets when he gets the shot going, it, it's impossible to block. Like who who is going to block a seven footer shot with that wingspan? Who's and it's a jumper, so you got to jump like fifteen feet. <laughs> you got to reach fifteen feet uh, to have a chance to block his shot. So once he gets comfortable, and you know Pop is going to put him in a position to succeed, where he's going to be open for looks at different levels. And once he gets confident, he's just stroking that jumper. It's he's just going to be ridiculous to stop. And that's not even dealing with the fact of what he can do when he gets near the near the basket. So yeah, he's, he's going to be pretty special. The only thing is you need to put on weight clearly and you just hope that nothing from the waist down goes out on him, which seems to happen with so many bigs, uh, ankle, foot, knee, something. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was really interesting because he looked like a space alien out there. Oh, you know, speaking of space aliens, Ryan repairs arms are ridiculously mm-hmm. long. Okay. <laughs> it almost looks like it all, it doesn't look natural. It doesn't look right. His from the elbow to the shoulder is excessively long. And I also think his torso is a little bit shorter than what it should be for a six, seven guy. 
and he has long legs, and that makes his arms look even longer because the torso is shorter and he has that length between the elbow and the and the top of his shoulder. But it's it almost looks like he'd be unable to control it because they're so long. But he controls them well, and it makes him just wicked on defense because he can just reach and get the things. Uh, but it was very interesting just walking to walk around the court because it was like, whoa, those are some – you always hear about people, oh, he's got this wingspan. On that guy, <laughs> you can absolutely see the wingspan. So he still can't shoot, but maybe he'll figure that out. All right. All right, man. Welcome back. Thank you. Appreciate it. See what happens. Welcome. Uh, excuse me. Thank you for listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. I'm so exhausted from a long trip <laughs> to Las Vegas, but I'm back now. I'm getting myself some rest, and we will be back. Next week, unless there's breaking news on a trade finally sending Lillard to Miami so we all can move on from this and then see what other moves the Blazers make to try and make this team competitive, if at all, please leave us a positive rating and click that subscribe button. Subscribe.